Welcome to the How Soccer Explains Leadership Podcast, where we explore leadership principles through the lens of the beautiful game. Welcome back to the How Soccer Explains Leadership Podcast. I'm Phil Dark, your host. Got my co-host and brother-in-arms, Paul Jobson, here with me. And we have our World Cup review post-match year-end episode for you today. We're kind of covering all bases today. Don't worry, it's not going to be a three-and-a-half-hour episode. We are going to keep it to a manageable number of minutes for you. But hopefully, they'll be packed with just goodness for you today with just lots of year-end stuff, lots of World Cup. We had an amazing World Cup. It's not regular, not normal. If you're not a big you know, football soccer fan, that we're going to have a year-end and World Cup review when it just finished so but that's what we're doing now that's what we're doing today so paul how you feeling what you what you, what you thinking about right now man after a great game yesterday well i mean i know i'm not the first to say it but probably the best definitely the best world cup final i've ever watched maybe yep. one of the best world cup matches maybe even one of the best football matches i've ever mm-hmm. watched it was just uh, you know i was telling somebody yesterday you know that the sports world always does a great job of hyping big games you know you had the young Mbappe against the you know somewhat maybe his last World Cup Messi one of the greatest of all time to play they're fighting for the you know for the the golden ball player the you know, player of the tournament they hyped it up and it, it, time after time the hype mm-hmm. always fails I mean it always mm-hmm. fails something happens you know somebody gets hurt or it's a blowout or whatever so you kind of go into this match going okay what's this really going to be like and there is no doubt in my mind that game lived up to all the hype you know, I mean, mm-hmm. Mbappe and France were somewhat irrelevant for most of that match. You know, Argentina yep. was just crushing it. And then next thing you know, there's Mbappe. And it, it all of a sudden is a game. So, you know, the hype was there. It lived up to the hype. You had people who were not even soccer fans raving over what an epic battle that that soccer match was. And I think for some of those folks, it helped that there were, you know, for a soccer match, there were a lot of goals. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it yeah. wasn't a 1-0, you know, and then PKs and, and all of that. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm still, I mean, we're a couple of days past it. I'm still in awe of, of what we experienced. We had a, a room full of about 20 people from one-year-olds up to 65-year-old people just enjoying that match so it was a few days after still really reeling over what we witnessed yeah yeah no we we had a similar deal it was it was kind of a lull there a little bit in the beginning of the second half but then it just it just started the fireworks started going off and and we thought it was going to be the perfect storybook ending with Messi scoring the game-winning goal winning the golden boot golden ball and world cup and a little elbow got in the way of that but you know but that made it what it was. And I, I actually have been talking to a lot of people about it. And I, I think that it almost is is more poetic for Messi's career that he's always been such a team player and not an individual look at me guy to actually have it end with a shootout where they have the whole team, you know, not the whole team, but a good chunk. It's not just him making a shot to win it. It's actually a team surrounding him because that's that's what the sport is. It's not about one person. That's why, you know, the media, like you said, the hype, we also as the media, not we, but the media has to have that guy, right? You know, if it's Messi, Ronaldo or Kobe, LeBron or Michael Jordan, who's the GOAT? Who's the best? And it's like, it's a team sport. You know, any one of these players on their own is nothing. They have to have that team around them. And, you know, and they're, yeah, individually, they're incredible in what they do, but defenders are never in the, in the talk of 
who's the goat, right? You know, in any, in yeah. any sport. So, you know, that's something that I, as a, as a purist, am like, can we just stop with that? <laughs> you know, but I get it. I get it. <laughs> but, you know, but to see what they do is amazing and absolutely love watching. So we're going to get into some of the more details. We're going to talk about our picks and how good or bad they were. Those of you who remember the preview show a few episodes ago, you know the answer to that question. Best goal, best play. But before we get into that, this is also the post-match episode. And so we are finishing up season seven at the end of this year 2022 and we had a few episodes we had the world cup preview show which i we already mentioned briefly i also had tim ryerson on and mike buchanan and and paul mcveigh a couple weeks ago and and i'm just i just know that i really enjoyed those conversations i thought for very different for different reasons on each of them they were just great men doing great things and and also just hearing some some of those stories and here is the heart of those guys. I just, I just really enjoyed it. Those all three of those episodes. If you didn't listen to those, I, I strongly recommend you going back and listen to them. Whether it's Mike Buchanan talk about how he's overcome injuries and how we can do that too, and how our kids can do that as well. You know, Paul McVeigh, which is his cool stories from when he played in the Premier League. But how? But more importantly than that, it's not just about cool stories. It's how he is using them today to help younger players and just their mindset. And we talked a lot about mindset on that show. So to hear it from a player's perspective who played at that highest level and now is doing something about it. I, I love that. And then Tim Ryerson with Get on the Bus, but also just, you know, he's he's fighting some personal stuff as well now and how he's using a lot of these lessons from the game to do that. So check that out. What do you what do you think just generally about the the, the second half of this season? Yeah, there's a lot of wisdom in in these uh, in our guests. I think that's probably pretty consistent with all of our guests, but I mean, these are the most recent, they're freshest in our mind. And, and yeah, I mean, you hit, you hit the hot buttons. I mean, you got a guy like Tim Ryerson that's been in the game a long time and he's, you know, seen a lot and done a lot and helped a lot of people. And just a lot of what he's learned, he's now giving back, you know, and he's, he's sharing that information with, with players, coaches, parents, you know, clubs, you know, helping them navigate things that he's, he's figured out and navigated. So I thought that was a really great, great conversation. And I, and I think the, the point you also hit of each of these guys, for the most part, having different struggles and battles that they're fighting, have fought through or, or are fighting through. I think sometimes we, we gloss over um, struggles at times, but I think this, this season or this half of the season, I think we had some, some really deep moments with people that I think a lot of our listeners, if they didn't hear those episodes, should go back and listen to, because I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of wisdom in, in the, in the thoughts and processes of how people are, are processing real life situations, you know, whether it's tragedy or injury, or, you know, this could be the same depending on how, how, how bad it is, but some really great wisdom. And, and of course, with, with Paul McVeigh, just his, his playing experience and how he, he transitioned from, you know, this year has been a transition thing for, for me. So getting to the end of this year and kind of ending with a someone with a transitional moment from player to sports psychologist, which seems like a big transition. But when you hear him talk about it, it seems very natural, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot of wisdom. And it really probably an interview that we could probably go back and do all of these. We could do longer interviews for sure. But I think with Paul, I think there's a lot there that we could probably go back in and dive a little bit deeper into with him as well. So really, I got a lot out of this half of the season and really enjoyed, really enjoyed our guests. Yeah. Yeah. I hope we can go back and, and dig deeper into, into that conversation we had with Paul, especially not the other two, we could, we could go on and on and on, but I know that that was also a shorter yeah. interview, 
than we normally do. And it was for various reasons we had to do that. But, but uh, I just, I read it, I read, you know, through his book as well. And even just reading through that, check out that book. I mean, the stupid football mm -hmm. footballer is dead. If for no other reason for the title, I love the title. And unfortunately I don't think the stupid footballer is dead, but, but I, I do, there's some, there's a lot of really I mean, great stories. Each chapter takes a specific player. Most of those players, you know, even though they're all a decade or so, you know, it was, it was, I think, released in 2012. So, you know, they're, they're ways back, but I you know, remember these players and some of the stuff they did and, and talking about what we talked about on that, but also, you know, for our young players who have dreams of playing pro, he goes through a really good list of the pros and the cons of of playing at those levels and some of the things you you think about and other things you don't necessarily think about you know of the you know you talked about leaving home but you also talk about you know like you're you're sacrificing relationships and friendships and and you can't build into those because it's a year-round deal you know you're you're gone and and uh, you know as he said you're dispensable all those things that are that are life lessons that you know, we typically don't learn at the lower levels. You might learn some of those, but typically the people who are going in that in that pool to play pro have always been the best. They've always started. They've always been on this on the, you know, the different fields playing most of the games. And so to have that, you know, they don't care about you when you're washed up, right? Like it's mm -hmm. it's done. It's over. And yeah. that's that's hard to hard to deal with. And so to hear it from him how he how he's done we have a couple other guests talk about that too but but yeah loved loved all those episodes so the one of those episodes too was the world cup preview show and i know paul you wrote down all of our picks and you know i i filled out all the answers at home and i i did put i did post that yesterday and i i, I know that you responded to me at least saying that that's exactly what you picked but i knew that was just a flat-out lie <laughs> um, and I'm sure that my, our, our, our viewers would remember back as well, but if I remember correctly, I know I missed, and I think you did too. Oh no, you picked one of them. You picked Croatia to go through, but I, I picked Canada and Belgium to go through. I, so I had an entire group that I just missed both of them. I mean, you'd think you'd at least, you could throw darts and get better on that one, but, but, uh, you know, I, I, what, what'd you think just generally, I mean, we talked a little bit about it. We touched on it, but you know, going into this World Cup, obviously a lot of controversy, a lot of, you know, corruption to bring it to Qatar, a lot of the migrant worker issues, a lot of the other things. And unfortunately, there was a tragedy with, you know, Grant Wall. And but that seems to be have been cleared of any wrongdoing or anything at this point, as far as what we know. But but with all of that, what do you think about the playing on the pitch that all of that stuff, you know, but not the time of year, all of the middle of the season, all of the, all of the problems, all the issues that we could focus on. And we did focus on some of that in the first, the first in the preview, but I want to wash that aside and say, we yeah. had, in my opinion, you talked about the final game. I would say one of, you know, the best world cups I can remember as far as the drama, as far as the upsets, as far as the, the, the just amazing play on the field. And that may be one of the good things about doing it in December is that a lot of these players are in form. Um, mm. But uh, I don't know. What'd you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was, it was, you know, probably one of the best cups, you know, I've seen in a long time. I think there were some, some great upsets. I think I had said it maybe on one of the podcasts we did, but the fact that you're not able to fully predict the teams that are going through, I think makes it a great world cup. You know, yep. you've got, teams that are rising to the occasion. You got teams that are kind of falling off maybe when they shouldn't. I mean, look at how Argentina started the World Cup. 
Mm-hmm. It was a loss to Saudi Arabia, 2-1 loss to Saudi Arabia. And, of course, as we do, we're like, oh, well, Argentina's done. You know, I mean, <laughs> right. I think that's where we all went to, right? And they go on to, you know, find their form. And I think that was a great story within itself of, of just that team and that the pressure that I'm sure they all felt to lift the trophy trophy with Messi and, you know, really stumbled a bit at the beginning. But then, you know, some of the other teams that surprised us as well that went through were, you know, Morocco, the story yeah. of Morocco. I mean, he, he, the, kind of the, the hero, I think the hero of the cup. And I thought they, you know, I thought they did what they needed to do to win games. I was really yeah. impressed with their fight. And, you know, so I, I love a World Cup where you get to learn, you know, about new countries, about new players, about, you know, there's, you know, not new history, but you're learning history of teams maybe you wouldn't have known about and, and not just having the regular customers day in and day out. So I was I was really blown away by the World Cup this year. And yeah, I mean, every every major tournament's going to have its controversies and its issues. But once we get past all that, I think that the game itself and, and what it was, what it's meant to do, I thought brought the world together in a lot of different ways, which is what I think it's some of its greatness is. And uh, we saw a lot of new stories rise to the top and a lot of legends walk off with trophies yeah absolutely no i I think it it was it was a storybook ending it was what they wanted we got our you know an argentina france final which a lot of people were wanting from the beginning you know and i thought it was it was a a very yeah i mean it was a great incredible dramatic game that had everything in it you know controversial penalties that you're still going to hear people arguing about till the end of whatever not calling a couple penalties different things happening you know at the end of the day it was it was just amazing and i think the right team won the game yesterday at least they they outplayed france and but that i mean i think England outplayed France too, I thought, but mm-hmm. that, that didn't go the the right way for it. Cause they missed, you know, the second pen, whatever, you know, all these different things. That was an interesting thing too, even seeing Mbappe step up for a second penalty and thinking of Harry Kane and, and how oh, he yeah, missed we, his we second penalty. In our house. Yeah. I mean, who yeah. wasn't thinking that, right? I think if you watched, you yeah. know, you're just like you're the same guy stepping up. And I, I was like, why did they have the same guy step up? And Mbappe says, you know what, I'm going to put it in the same place all three times. And Hey, come and save me. Right. Like, good luck. I'm going to. And that's the good lesson for, I think, our youngsters, too, is pick your spot and hit it there. Don't overthink it. Just, you know, and could could Martinez have saved one or two? Yeah. But he didn't because it was hard. He hit it hard. Right. And and how about Messi's PK in the in the shootout? It was like, are you kidding me? Like he hit that about a mile an hour. And it I wasn't sure it was going to go over the line. I know. I wasn't sure it was going to, I'm not sure it met the back of the net even. Dude, and, you know? and you know, Loris is just still going to have nightmares about those PKs because he probably could have saved, I mean, he definitely could have saved the first two and he probably could have saved all four of them. Yeah. But, you know, he, he didn't save any of them. And then Martinez yeah. makes two just clutch or the one clutch and then miss. And it was so, so just dramatic, obviously, you know, and people are like, oh, it was fixed for Messi. It's like, you guys have no clue about the game. <laughs> if you're saying that, can't fix it's that. like, you, you can't cannot that. make that crap up. The Netherlands uh-huh. game in the hundred, hundred minute, whatever, hundred minute, going 10 minutes of extra time and scoring with that direct kick in the Netherlands game. I mean, that was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And then having the Argentina just pounding the goal for five of that extra time and just couldn't put it away, hitting posts mm-hmm. and this. And the, I mean, it was just so amazing seeing Brazil and how they were just that South Korea game. You thought, man, this is just unfair. They're men among boys out here and then yeah. have a Croatia team just, do what Croatia does and squeak out a win that 
you know, nobody was picking him for, right? And and they no, just did no. it. They just kept doing it. And to see, that's another guy that just always has flown under the radar. Yeah, he got the golden ball in the 2018, but I still think Luka Modric is, you know, he's always going to be one of the best just teammates, team play, like a guy who is yeah. a leader that I think we're going to be looking back at him over time. And he will, he will stand the test of time as one of those players that was just, I mean, he just does what he, he just wins with team and he helps teams win. Look at him at Real Madrid, but he never has sought or been in really the spotlight. Even when he won the golden ball, he wasn't in, no one was, no one talks about it. It's just like, Oh yeah, they do, but you know what I'm saying? The people who know talk about him, but even then it's a short conversation. Because he's so unassuming. He never seeks it. Neither does Messi, but yeah. Messi, you know, Messi's just Messi. So, but, yeah. but I think if Modric plays plays at a different time, I think he's one of those guys a lot more people are, are talking about. But he didn't score, you know, he doesn't score a ton. So people are like, well, mm-hmm. he's, he can't be a great player if you don't score a lot. But you look at those, <laughs> you look at those teams, yeah, you look at those teams though that, that either are full of superstars or they just have, have those one or two players that can really put them over the top. And I think that's Modric with his team. I mean, Croatia's a good team. Yeah. But, he he I think you take him out of that you take him out of that, that team and I, I don't know that they're having the success that they have. You know, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do moving forward. I'm sure they've got some good young players and you know, I'm not discounting them as a whole, but I think, you know, they are, you know, because of Modric, they're they're obviously better than they would be without because he really holds that team together. He's not he's not seeking spotlight. He is seeking, you know, team first and 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 whatnot. So I'll be interested to see how that how they play out moving forward. But he definitely is one of my one of my favorite players and was in the, the last World Cup as well. He's very unassuming and yeah. doesn't demand the spotlight and probably would just rather not have any of it, from what I can tell. He, he kind of reminds me him. of a young Paul Jobson. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. I can see you with that hair. You could pull it off. I could I could, I could do it. I could, yeah. I think you should try that. Marcy would uh, appreciate maybe, that. That'll be a goal for two, 2023. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that it's, it's been, it's been fun. It's been a good one. So with that, let's go to a few of the, just the kind of, from your perspective, from your opinion, what was the best goal of the tournament and why? You know, maybe this isn't fair because this may be just really fresh on my mind, but I think Mbappe's goal in the final, the, 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 the volley, I mean, that was Mm -hmm. just like, Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? I mean, that's it's a world class goal from a world class player uh, yep. in 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 a moment that you have to make a play like that. And I, I just think it kind of all came together. Of you know, and there were some other goals like that too. There was one that the Brazil had that was kind of similar, and it's a great goal. But I think the the magnitude of that goal, how it was scored, uh, yep. the the really the impossibility of that. You know, it takes that kind of player to score that kind of goal in that kind of moment. So for me, that was. Probably one of my, one of my top. It probably it's probably the most fresh on my mind too. But for me, that mm-hmm. was probably the best, the best, the best goal that I that I that I had. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, I, I go back and I said it when when he hit it, and I, I agree. I actually that the couple of the goals yesterday in the Messi's in the in the hundred and whatever fourth hundred and fifth minute was another one. Just yeah. it wasn't such. A, it was just you know they rise to the t- the top, and it was a, a scrappy goal. But the Richarlison goal at the beginning, I posted right when it happened. If if there's a better goal in this tournament, I can't wait to see it. And I would say the ones, yes, a couple of those yesterday came really close. But that goal was just when you're fan to see him hit it pure 
on the laces after he pops it up. Now, unfortunately, he did come and say afterwards it, it was a bad touch that popped it up like that. But it looked like he just did that. And But even adjusting the body, moving it, doing everything that he did to do that scissor kick Phil, here, Phil, upper it's, corner. It's harder. It's harder if you mistouch it to hit that's a ball true. like that. Because if, if you do it on purpose, you've yeah. planned it. It pops up. It's exactly where you want it, and you hit it. But if it's a bad touch, then you have to adjust. Yeah, on that's the true. fly. Yeah. hit that so I, i'm gonna go back and say hey, it makes it even better that that's he took true. a bad touch and made it a world-class goal that's right that's right even better even better yeah. but from the standpoint of telling my son see that was amazing that's what you got to do but <laughs> but that's that's the thing too is a lot of you you can't that's what i tell my kids all the time like hit the ball hit the shot if you have a shot yeah. take it if you miss it nine times out of ten you make it the once that is a one in a million goal there that we saw with Richarlson. Yeah. Right. Like he hits that same touch at that moment to hit it that pure, not hit a player, not have a defender come into it, not get knocked off your balance, not have someone. I mean, the fact that he had that much time was, you know, whatever, but yeah. it was unbelievable. No one expected it because it was, you know, they were probably just defending, waiting for them. So that was that was my top goal of the tournament. And now we're going to go to the best play, which is different in that it includes more than just a goal. So, and I thought the, goal, the one yesterday, I'll do this first. And the one yesterday, mm -hmm. I thought there were a couple of them, but there's, there's two that tied for first for me. One was Messi's no-look pass through three guys. Um two i forget who he was even two because it doesn't even matter he put the ball on a dime through three people not even looking and you watch through the play and it's like when did he even see the runner yeah that's yeah. the thing about Messi that you you watch and you're like this dude has eyes on the side and back of his head i swear because he's constant and that's what guardiola said in the special with Messi was he's always scanning the field he's always looking you he mm -hmm. knows where everyone is and he knows where they're going because that's what he does and that's what makes him so special and that's what i also have been talking with people about the difference between Messi and ronaldo is Messi has never relied on speed strength you know just insane moves all this other stuff he's relied on just being really smart and yeah. smart gets better with age Whereas yeah. the other stuff tapers off with age and, and he's, you know, it's, I'm not, yeah. Anyway. So that was one, the second and I'll go, it was another Brazil goal. It was another Richarlison goal. It was the one, mm. you know, the three headers, or I think he did four headers in a row. Boom. Passed it overlapping. Didn't take the ball. The second pass went through and then popped it. I mean, it was just, that was just your brilliance and beauty. That's why it's called the beautiful game. And that's why the Brazilians coined you know, their play coined that term. Cause they do stuff like that, that just make it look so stinking easy. There were a few other goals that those, just those four goals, I think in the first half of that South Korea game, the, the pass, you remember that pass where the, I forget who it was. I think it was Vinicius junior, but it was one of them was coming down the left and he likes, there's a whole mass of people in the middle and he just dinks a pass over everybody volley corner and you're like that's so hard to do and he made it look like it was this easy whatever just a sunday morning league that we're just going to play that's what it felt like anyway how about yeah. you I, there there are so many times in this world cup that i'm watching obviously like like you, you're watching with your kids and you're just like how did that how did they do that you know and it, it was a it was multiple teams there are a lot of different mm -hmm. teams but especially you know 
Brazil, Argentina. And I mean, Argentina in the first half of the France game, you're just like, oh, oh my yeah. gosh, like, how are they, yeah. how are they doing this? You know, right. But the one play that has stood out to me through this cup was I think, I think it was in the, Cro- the Argentina Croatia game. And I think it was Alvarez. Alvarez had two goals in that game and he had a, he had a standout game in that, in that match. But I, I think it was Alvarez against Croatia where he got the ball from, I think, Messi just over midfield, I think, and dribbled, I think, 40-something yes. yards and yes. scored. I'm like, that. okay, you don't see that at the right. international level. You don't right. see somebody have the the confidence to take the ball like that and just drive at the goal and get one-on-one with a keeper and score. You just mm-hmm. you don't see that. But his ability to hang on to the ball, three or four different play, past three or four different players – to never lose his cool, to just and he's going as fast as he can. I mean, he is he is he is driving at that goal as fast as he can, to keeping control of the ball with people diving at him, and he's able to tuck it away. I, I thought to me that was just a one of the few times you just saw individual greatness from a player that wasn't Messi or or mm-hmm. wasn't Mbappe. It was just I mean, yes, Alvarez is a great player. He proved that in this cup, but it's like okay, who was that? Oh my gosh, right. that was Alvarez. That was amazing. And I think even so that one stands out to me for sure and then the final some of those goals you know a couple of argentina goals you know where they're knocking around you find the, the the open player on the back post you know things like that it just some of those you're just like man how how do they see all that but that that one i think it was alvarez yeah it was against croatia i thought that was just like that one just keeps coming up in my mind is like okay that you just don't see that at that level you, you don't see that and i thought it was pretty impressive yeah, and the other thing about that goal, I mean, first of all, they had, you know, the defenders, like how none of them touched it away. Like you said, he was going full speed. They like nicked it and it hit off his foot just right. And then it nicked it, hit <laughs> off his chest, didn't hit his hand, didn't hit his arm. I mean, all those things yeah. that you watch, the perfect storm happened in that goal. Cause normally you'd see that ball hit off his arm rather than his chest or something. Cause he didn't, it yeah. didn't hit him. It wasn't like, a, you know, it, it hit him. And it wasn't like the sun goal where he dribbled through everyone a few years ago for Tottenham. Um, because mm-hmm. that one, he kept it on his foot. This one was like all over the place. And you're like, how does he going back to that body control? As you said, when it's harder, when it's not intended. So those balls were hitting off all different people. But the other thing about it was that what was, I think a lot of people don't realize that how hard it is. And I, I give a ton of credit to the referee in that, in that play too, because mm-hmm. Messi got destroyed after his pass. Yeah, at least looked like, looked yeah. like, I mean, he got hit for sure. And he, I don't know if he made a meal out of it or he got destroyed because no one cares about that anymore. But the referee didn't call it no. to not call that yeah. and keep advantage when the guy had three defenders between him and the goal. And the other guys were trailing a little bit. Or one guy was ahead, but the other guy was trailing. And then the, def- the, our, I know people have talked about this a lot. The Argentina dude on the right cutting in and taking a defender just that slight second so that mm-hmm. Alvarez could keep going. That That's why it was a play and not just one dude doing something. Yeah. Messi got the touch to Alvarez. The referee didn't call it. You know, a lot of stuff has to happen in that for him to be able to have that run and make that incredible goal. So that, that yeah, I yeah. totally agree. That, and was, and that let's, was let's let's make sure that, you know, we talked a lot about these attacking players and you even mentioned defensive players don't really get a lot of credit. Yeah. I'm going to go I'm gonna to go to to Argentina's goalkeeper Martinez with the save that he made to save Unreal. to save the game. Yes, that I think because of how great it was for Messi and Argentina, that play has almost been forgotten, and it's yeah. sad because that that he doesn't do that. We're, we're having a different conversation today. I mean that saved oh, yeah. that saved the game, and he didn't have to really do a whole lot the entire game, but that you know 
really, really created the opportunity for, for them to continue on to be able to, to hoist the trophy. So I don't want right. to, I don't want to, I want to make sure I don't overlook how huge that play was for Argentina in the World Cup. Yeah, good job on that. Because, you know, that also almost re resulted in a counter that could have won the game. I mean, it did result in <laughs> yeah, the counter. Right. And if he hits that yeah. header on frame, it does that. Could you yes. imagine that finish? Oh. That save? The, I mean, whatever. But again, I'm, I'm glad how it ended. I hate I hate that it was a shootout, but I, I do like the fact that it was team. But I think that, that save did two things. One, it saved the game, yes. But it also, yeah. as a keeper, I know, gave him the momentum going into the PKs and got in France's head, too. Like, he's on. We better put this right in the corner or we're hosed. You know, and yeah. by the way, he saved Van Dyke, you know, to kick off the other mm -hmm. one. And but Mbappe still steps up and, you know, drains his third PK of the game in that first PK. Like, so that he, you know, he he overcame a lot, a lot of people just cr crumble in the hype. And that yeah. dude is a hat trick. And again, yeah, two of them are PKs and people will. Yeah. But to make two PKs in a game, we know is hard. It's we hard. talked about that. So anyway. All right. Well, you know, I know we could do three shows on the World Cup, but we're not going to. And I do want to say, because I have, I, you know, the first preview show got criticized by a, a friend of ours. He's not a friend, but I don't know him. I'm not saying he might be a friend at some point in our life, but I don't know who this is. But friend in, in Tunisia who had it, who was upset about the first the preview show because it didn't go into detail. We that was on purpose we didn't go into super detail because it would have been four and a half hours you know i can talk for sure yeah. and paul has so much wisdom he could have gone on and on about it and we would have been even more wrong if we would have gone on a lot more so i'm glad we didn't this is also not a comprehensive world cup review it is something that we are doing that and i'm glad we did it was fun that was fun all right so yeah, now we times. have we're, we're, we're going into our year-end review portion of this episode and we're going to do our top three episodes from 2022 which is so ridiculously hard by the way this is like the most oh my thing to do to us yeah. but i'm going to start with you because then i can piggyback on your three and then do three other ones and so what do you got okay so what's crazy is is i i was i was i was trying to do it from memory which i don't have the best memory to begin with so I started flipping through and I went back to the beginning. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, yes. are you kidding me? Like I know some amazing, amazing episodes, but the ones that stood out to me the most is I kind of did a, a personal review, David Rika, for sure. If you, if you're just tuning into what we're doing and you've not heard that episode, go back. I'll just throw this out there. He is a nine 11 survivor. In the in one of the towers. If that doesn't hook you, nothing else will. Just listen. He is an amazing human being, and what he's doing now. Dan Abrahams is just. I mean, we've talked about him a ton. He's just full of wisdom. He he thinks he's dumbing things down for everybody, but he's still <laughs> so much more intelligent than all of us. But he's got so much. To, and and then it was. I'm gonna give four actually because there's a tie for the other two. And they're not necessarily in order, but Brad Miller. You know what they're doing with their organization is is phenomenal. I always love talking to those guys. And then Jorge Vallejo. I thought that was just a really, you know, that's hits me. It kind of goes along with a lot of what we do with Warrior Way Gives. And so I threw Jorge's interview in there as well, but really hard because there were some just really, really amazing interviews over this last year. So those are my three that turned into four, Phil. I like it. I like it because you set the precedent to have a tie for fourth or for first because it's not necessarily in that order. So my top three might be four, depending. Actually, those, you know, two of those three were on my short list. I'm not going to say or two of those 
four were on my short. I'm going to say which ones were not. They're all amazing episodes. I love that. I actually just, just used the, the Vallejo episode as one of our year end emails for Providence world, because I thought it was such a good display of why we do what we do. And yeah. to be able to highlight people like Jorge who might not otherwise be out there and, and, you know, on our, on our radar to be able to, to meet them. And, and I, I do want to shout out, we're going to get him on the show in 2023, but I want to shout out Sean Smithson for giving me several of these recommendations yeah. of these interviews. We wouldn't have had these men and women that we had on without, without Sean. So thank you, Sean. He's, he's working with FCA, one of the, one of the national guys with FCA fellowship Christian athletes, if you're not aware of them. So to so check that out. So my, my three in no particular order, Daniel O'Neill, I, I just loved the conversation I was able to have with him about just the, the physical revolution, the physical identity, the, the PE revolution, the physical identity that we need to bring back for our kids. I think it's so important. And a lot of us forget that that's an issue if we have elite athletes in our homes and we have children who are playing soccer or other sports all the time. We forget that we have a epidemic in our, in our country and it's, you know, it's starting to get to other places where kids just aren't active anymore. And it's causing many, many problems. So to, to hear that from a, a guy who knows what he's talking about, not just me like complaining about it was, was really, really good. So, you know, if that, that's something that I think we should give that episode, you know, he's talked on some other podcasts too. So I'm not saying just this, he has a few books out there too, but get that in front of your PE teachers, get that in front of your other teachers and people who have, have something to do with how schools are run. Cause one of the things he talked about was, you know, have 10 minutes, 15 minutes of activity before every school day. It'll get the kids' brains going. You know, some of the other conversations we had with people over this over the course of the year talked about, you know, gut brain connection and other brain getting brain going. And if we don't do that, we're gonna we're gonna miss out on a lot. So notice I didn't say the name of the person with gut brain connection because that would have been another episode that I would have in my top four. So I did not yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. That was in around. Um, you know, he is a part of our family, and I just cannot get over the fun we had with Horace Richardson. I knew that would be one of yours. I knew that'd be one of and, yours. It was a good uh, one. Just the 50 years of stories that we had on that. Just just fun. I mean Hey by it, the way, it, I did get my book. I don't know if listeners know that. Horace actually did send me a copy of the book. Of course so, he did. Of course uh, he did. I, true to his word, which I did not doubt, but I just, yeah. our listeners are probably wondering, hey, did he actually send Paul a book? He absolutely did. So I'm sure he did right when you sent that to tech. So and yeah. he you know, to hear how you almost lose a dude in China and like how many coaches can almost lose a dude in China and laugh, you know, like, and now you can laugh about it, but he was probably like, all right, it'll be fine. Like I know horse. Well, he'll be, he'll, he'll be here, you know, so go back and listen to that episode. I'm just going to tease it. I'm not going to tell you what happened there. And then I, I got my tie here too. George Blamo guy doing some really cool stuff in Liberia. And he is just like-minded. I feel like we're kindred spirits because he's got his book on, you know, all the different life lessons from the game that he actually teaches in his soccer practices with these young men and women over in Liberia. And just, you know, you guys, a lot of people, if you haven't traveled the world, like you don't understand how critical this is in these countries around the world to have people teaching about life through the game because these kids mm -hmm. are playing. They go out. That's all they do a lot of the times. And a lot of them, most of them don't have dads. Mm -hmm. They don't have intact families at home. Their moms are working their tails off. Their moms often have multiple, you know, lots of kids. And they're just trying to figure it out. A lot of these kids are in orphanages. 
Anna, you don't have men like and women as well, but I'm just in this case, men like George Bulamo doing stuff like he's doing. They have no chance. Yeah. And and so that just really I love that conversation and to see how God's used him to now like be an ambassador to the UN and like doing all these cool stuff because of his, you know, because of what he did on the field. Like you look at it and everyone's like, oh, national team Liberia, who cares? They never make the World Cup. Well, a lot of kids care. Yeah. Because because of that platform, he's been able to do what he does. So that that was super cool. Love that. And then, you know, my my fourth. And again, if, if you notice the way Paul and I are, are driven, I'm driven by fun, right? So that's my driver as a high I personality. I'm driven by fun. And one of my most fun conversations, you know what I'm going to say here? Do you know what episode? Like the most I fun thought horse was going to be your most fun episode. Yeah, that was fun. But think, you know, you, you'll, it'll, you'll, you'll know when I, when I say it, think about yeah. one of those fun guys that we've had on all year when he happens to share a name with me. So <laughs> Yeah, Phil Smith, you know, and I, I what's been really fun is behind the scenes, I've been getting texts from Phil from Qatar because I feel like I have it's almost like a Saturday Night Live. Remember those old ones with what was Al Franken when he'd be like have the camera on his head? I think it was Al Franken. He had the camera on his head and he was like reporting from from yeah. Iraq or whatever, like the war yeah. zone. And he'd have bombs going off behind him. It would go to staff. I felt like that's what was going on. I'm getting I don't want to get him in trouble, but, he, you know, he's taking videos as he's driving down the Qatari highway and all the, the he was live from Qatar and and yeah, was, he was at the games I think he, he was at the final he's like hey, what'd you think of the PK he says well, I don't know I didn't have a good angle you know I'm like oh the problems of watching it live but uh, <laughs> totally but just the stories he has and just I mean a life that is just crazy and how he's so light about it and fun and he just takes it as it is as I always say kind of follow the breadcrumbs that that God puts mm. down for me in life and I feel like that's what Phil's been doing and that's why you know we call that take the meeting of that episode yeah. because he that's I, I basically think, I think his story I think we've mentioned this before with with Phil and I love I love that interview as well but we've talked about getting him on again like yeah. I just think he's somebody that should almost be a you know, a regular, if not once a year, a couple of times a year, just to see what, he, what, Hey, what are you doing? Where <laughs> totally. are you? What are you, totally. you know, what are you doing? Totally. Uh, let's like, right. It's, you know, catch up, catch up with Phil, you know, see Actually, what's going on in his world. You know, he'd be I think it'd be fun. He'd yeah. be for it for sure. And I mean, the funny thing about that interview was, I mean, there's so many funny things about that interview. So if you haven't listened to it, go back, you'll just have a good laugh for sure. Like yeah. he's just such a amazing fun dude, but, even before that episode, even he says, "Oh, by the way, did I tell you? I just got all you know European and Middle East rights to to Nerf, you know." And I'm like, "What? No, you didn't tell me that, but of course you did, because <laughs> why not, you know?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I got this place in Manchester. We're building. It's going to be like the 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 Nerf experience where." And he shows me all the plans that, and that happened like in the couple months before we had. You know, I'm like, my gosh, but yeah, that, that was like a little like, oh yeah, by the way, did I tell you that's, you know, yeah. whatever that's, that's Phil Smith in, in a nutshell. So that's super fun. Those one. are my, yeah. you know, and there's so many more and I, oh, you know, gosh. that uh, we had, and I do want to say, I did have one and I don't want to, it's, it's, it is part of my, it was part of my short list. And I do want to say, cause we, 
you know, for no other reason other than just those are the numbers we have, but we didn't have a female on this list. So I'm going to make sure that I did mention Kara Bradley indirectly, but also Cheryl McCormick. That was the first interview of the year. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed that. She, Cheryl's doing a lot of really great things. Really enjoyed that conversation we had with Cheryl. So that definitely made my short list as well. And yeah, and actually we're going to kick off. We kicked off 2022 with an amazing woman and we're going to kick off 2023 with an amazing woman. We've interviewed that. I had that interview already too. So I will yep. tease season eight, kick off with that. 23 right. is already shaping up to be another great year. No yes, doubt. No doubt it will. No doubt it will. So now we're going to finish off with a couple things. The first is what one or two recommendations, like recommendations for 2022 book you read, something you watched that just sticks out. And I know it's so hard because there's so much that you've, you've consumed over the year. But what 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 do you got? Yeah, it's been a it's been a long a long year. I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just been yeah. we're at the end of twelve months, and and I think that the, there, there's a couple books that have stood out. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry is one that mm. we read earlier in the year that really kind of set the tone for mm. kind of what our year looked like, ending of last year into this year. I would say maybe I read that last year. I don't even know now. Yeah. Uh, but another book I'm, I'm I'm reading right now it's called Range by David Epstein, mm. uh, and it you know we talk a lot about specialization in sport. David Epstein in this book kind of goes through the pros and cons. I won't say pros and cons even, but he talks about specialization. He talks about guys like Tiger Woods, and he talks about you know other guys that have you know done multiple sports. He talks about Vincent Van Gogh. He talks about like it's just a really really great read as it as it pertains to how people find their interests or how people find the things that, that God has really blessed them with in their lives. And a lot of it's not specialization and, and tapping into it at four years old, but it's, you know, going through things to learn what it is that your strengths and weaknesses are in life. So anyway, I'm not all the way through the book yet, but I, I'm, I'm reading it now. I put it away for a while, picked it back up when I was in Spain, I, I picked it back up and started reading it again, but range by David Epstein is kind of where I am right now, but ruthless elimination of hurry was a really, really great one. And I'm going to give a recommendation on a marriage devotional by the Luscos. Um, hmm. The Luscos have a great marriage devotional out right now that Marcy and I are going through that has just been been really, really good as well. So that's kind of out in left field a little bit, but we talk like a lot it. about marriage. And yeah. so I want to throw that out there. That's one we are getting some good stuff out of. Jenny and Le Levi Lusco. Lusco. So that's me, man. It. That's 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 what I'm throwing off into launching into 23 with. Well, and that's a good, good kind of microcosm of, of you and your life. You got, you know, some, you're really busy. You're pouring into your marriage and you, you know, you got just really pouring into, to bringing wisdom into how you can do all those things really well, which is what we want to do here on this show. Right. So I love it. I love it. Love the recommendations. I'm going to go, I'm just going to stick to the people out there since you did some books and people have reading enough for the next few months. <laughs> well, you know, since people don't read as much, if you do audio, you know, you can pour through books like, like I'm able to when I'm walking or going to the store or whatever. I've been reading, like I said, I've been reading a lot of fiction this year for whatever reason. I'm just, I'm just, you know, so busy that I'm like, I'm just going to learn how to do storytelling better by listening mm -hmm. to a lot of fiction, but I'm not going to talk about books right now. I will say, although, you know, we, we mentioned the stupid footballer is dead. I don't just say that by the way, like I read a lot of books of different guests that I've done over the years and like. That book was really, really good for people who like this show. Like, really, really good. Mike Buchanan's book also is really, really good. And Daniel O'Neill's book is really, really good. They're, they're, Daniel's a bit, little bit 
thicker, but those other two are quick reads. Like you can get through them and they're quick and they keep you going. So check them out. And, and Paul's book's free on, on his website. So like, there's no reason not to go grab that, that digital copy, but the, uh, the videos, I mean, I just mentioned one recently is FIFA uncovered, man, that, that movie is such a great lesson in how not to lead those, those four episodes. It's four hours. You can fly through it. It's fascinating on Netflix and, you know, especially now that this world cup's over so that you can't get mad about, Oh, I'm not going to boycott the world cup or, you know, no, just go watch that for how not to lead and how corruption can seep in and how corruption can be there from the start. And if you're not watching for it or you're not paying attention or people aren't holding people accountable to actual standards, things can happen real fast that aren't good. The other, the other one, and now I'm blanking on it. What was it? But anyway, I'm going to, it'll come to me, but all the, like literally any all or nothing. Um, I've talked about this before on the show, but I've been watching the Arsenal one this year and, you know, I, I wish they'd do one on like the team that I have followed since I was a little kid in Manchester United, but they haven't done that one yet, probably because they haven't had a stable enough coach to, to be like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I don't think Ten Hogg's going to be all fired up about it. Maybe he will. It'd be fascinating to see get, what happened hey, this get year. Phil, get Phil Smith on it. He'll make it happen. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But seeing, you know, seeing Arteta, I, I really, I, you know, I really like the way he connecting with his players and really like the way he's, you know, talked about everyone talks about players as numbers, but I got to see him as people. And I, you know, like little quotes like that throughout that you don't just throw out there. Like that means something. And I can tell that, I mean, Hey, the proof is on the field this year. Oh my gosh. That team's playing as a team. Right. So good for, good for Arteta to, to do what he's doing. It hurts me. It pains me to say it. If my brother's listening to this, he's going to ride this, you know, both my brother and, Matt Bernard, you know, they're going to be like, you know, see, you're an Arsenal guy. No, I'm not. I never will be. But, but, you know, like same way when I watched Pep on, on the Man City, all or nothing, like the stuff we can learn from those, you know, good leadership, things that we could go, hmm, I don't know about that. Take the good and just chew on it and, and keep for it what will help you in your, in your different, uh, your different walk. And, and so that's, those that's are the, those are the big ones for me from this year. I know there's one that I'm forgetting, but that's okay. That's enough to keep you busy for a while. Just those all or nothings. And then a fun one. I just watched the first two episodes. Welcome to Wrexham. Have you heard of that with Ryan Reynolds and, and McInerney? Like they're, they're the two guys who, who bought the team over in. I have, I've heard, of, I want to see that. Yeah, over it's on Hulu, and I just started watching the first couple of episodes. It's just fun. Ron Reynolds is a funny dude, but it's a serious thing. They're not doing it for a publicity stunt; like they actually care, and they're they're going in, and it's it's really cool. It gives a really good glimpse into. Kind of reminded me of watching like Sunderland Till I Die or or the Salford one. Just seeing these smaller teams in England that we don't normally get to see. So that that was it. So the last one I did remember. Rise and Shine, Jada yeah. Merritt. We did we did talk about that on his episode. Oh, yeah. So that was another great episode. Oh. But Rise and Shine, that documentary, especially for young players to see overcoming adversity and resilience and just working your tail off for something you really want. Great, great show. So go check that out. Absolutely. Those are good. Those are, um, those are good. So, all right. The last thing we're going to do here is just, you know, we did talk about Warrior Way a lot. We talk about the different things that I'm doing a lot throughout the year, but we don't really go into what what we're doing deeper than a little, you know, plug at the end. 
And so I wanted to give you just a chance this time last year, you were, you know, doing kickoff fundraisers and you were doing different things to, to get warrior way going. And now it's been a year and I've, you know, some really cool stuff's happened. So can you just give a kind of two minute version of, of what's going on with warrior way? And, and we'll obviously have the links to that as we always do, but just to, to share with our listeners, like what's actually going on and what you're able to do this year. Yeah, for sure. You know, if you're familiar, there's two kind of two arms of Warrior Way. There's warriorwaysoccer.com is the website, and there's a, a soccer training side of it that we do here in our, our local Waco community. And then we have a nonprofit side of it. It's called Warrior Way Gives, which is also you can find on that website. But what that's doing is taking our what we consider our for-profit opportunities and giving it. That's why it's called Warrior Way Gives, and we're giving it to the community that maybe can't afford it. So we've got some programs in the last year that we've created. We've created these festivals where we're going into, you know, kind of some underprivileged communities in the Waco area. And we're giving these soccer opportunities to these local communities where we're coming in and we're doing soccer training. We're sharing the, the word of God and we're sharing a meal. You know, it's basically, it's basically food, food, football, fellowship, basically is what it comes down to with these festivals and these little local communities in Waco. And partnering with some churches as well to maybe do some long sessions like we do up here in our other communities. And we also we also have a partnership with some special needs folks here in town. We're able to employ some special needs community people in our soccer community. They're soccer, play, former soccer players that aren't given opportunities within what we're doing here in Waco. And it's just an amazing opportunity, not just for them, but also for our young people to engage with the special needs community. So it's not so, you know, such a shock to these things together. And so there's a few things we have going on here in Waco. And then if we have our partnerships in, in Guatemala, Marcy and I are actually going back here in January to visit with our partners down there just to see how things are going. We're sponsoring some tournaments in Guatemala where we're bringing kids from about four or five different villages together to share, again, football, football, faith, and food together for these tournaments. And some of these kids, I think I've mentioned before, it'll be the first time they've really even ever left their village ever. And we're providing soccer cleats and uniforms for them to have a real tournament. They'll have a, an opening ceremony. They'll have trophies. They're competing, but they're we're, we're sharing, sharing the word of God too with them in these moments as well, putting some great people around them. So those are kind of the two minute, maybe a little less than two minute version of, of the things that we're doing. You can find out more obviously on our, on our website, but we're really encouraged by what God's shown us this last year and what he's encouraging us to do in 2023. We're, we're going to double basically all the, all the things that we've done this last year. We're going to double all those things in 2023 and feel really, really good about what God's already provided for us in those areas. And then in 2023, we're also looking at some some other things that we're looking forward to announcing as well, hopefully in the next couple of months that God's providing that we're not quite ready to announce yet, but some really encouraging things coming down the pipeline for, for Warrior Way on this side of things. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you can, you can follow Paul at Coach Jobson on Instagram and other stuff to see some teasers of some of those things that are probably coming down the pike. I'm just making some assumptions there, but some, some travels that, that Paul gets to do and, and get some, do some really cool partnerships. And so I'm very excited to see what, what God's going to continue doing in and through you and your family. And, and, and it's just been fun to, to be able to do this with you for another year. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what 2023 is going to bring. And, and, and the short version of, of what we're doing, you know, Providence world is the nonprofit that I've had the, the privilege to be able to run over the last, you know, 13 years or so. And, 
we've done a lot of different things in the last couple of years has been a lot of fun. That's what this, this podcast, you know, is, is led to a lot of work with different sports ministries, sports, different, you know, different things going around the world to be able to connect sports ministries with, with orphan care ministries and talking about like George Blamo is a perfect example of that. And, and being able to, to help the sports understand the, how to care for the orphan and the vulnerable with excellence and how to, how to help the, people who are caring for the orphan and vulnerable with excellence incorporate sports into what they're doing. And, you know, I had a guy a couple months ago to give you a good little snapshot is, is he said, Hey, I have a field. We have about a thousand kids that come every week and I, I don't know what to do with them. And uh, can you help me with that? And so I was, he's in Uganda and I was able to help him connect with another person from Uganda. So they're in the process of, you know, and I'm helping them through that process of just building trust with each other to be able to, to collaborate and do work together so that that field is not just a field of people just, you know, running around doing whatever, which is fine. Kids playing. Yes. But to have purpose, to have play with purpose and, and to be able to, you know, incorporate sports and maybe even have those, you know, elite athletes come and, and give those kids, you know, some, some goals and be able to say, Hey, there's, there's different things we can be doing. Cause a, a lot of these kids are, are without that security at home, without those people at home, like most of us have had who are listening to this, who have people telling you at home how much they love you and how you can do anything that you put your mind to and how you have amazing gifts and talents and all those things that, you know, seem like we take for granted. We're like, yeah, 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 whatever, mom, whatever, dad. But a lot of those kids have no one pouring into them like that. And so to be able to combine these different organizations together. That's, that's a big, big part of why we exist. You know, you guys have heard about the disc training that I'm able to do. We were able to continue doing that this year. If you are a coach out there that wants to get involved with that, reach out to me. I'd love to, love to talk with you about it and, and see how we can incorporate that into your, into your work. Coaching the bigger game, you know, we're, we're still figuring out how to best get that out there. I've actually and modified it a bit this year as well with my soccer team at, at Folsom High School. With our leadership team, I'm able to to kind of modify it and take the coaching principles and put it into, hey, how can we train up the players on how to be better leaders? And they're eating it up. I love it. I love that they're they're just wanting to learn. They're wanting to be better leaders. And these are these are you know 14 or I guess they're probably 16 to 18 year olds because we're doing it with the juniors and seniors. And so it's something for the younger players to look forward to as well, which is which is really cool. And I've been I've just been on just so so excited, so excited to see what God's going to continue doing through all of that. And we are still planning, you know, we're going to get the coaching, the bigger game program out there. We just got to figure out the best way to, to deliver it and the best way to get it in front of people. And hopefully that will be coming up in the next few months. And so I'm no promises there, but you know, again, if you're interested in that, love to talk with you about how you can get involved and how we can get it, get it out there better. So all right, man. Any parting thoughts as we finish up 2022? No, I'm just I've been encouraged by all that uh, we've heard over the last year. And obviously, Phil, you know, a lot of what we've been able to do with Warrior Way in just our transition. Appreciate your support and all that you've done for, for the Jobson household, just through prayer and support and talks and conversations. Your 13, 14, 15 years plus of experience definitely has definitely helped me for sure. So I appreciate that. And as we transition to 2023, I'm excited about what God's going to put in front of us and just appreciate doing this with you, man. I appreciate all of our listeners that, that come alongside us as well and hope they are continuously encouraged by what we're able to put out there. So appreciate you, man. And looking forward to the new year for sure. 
All right, folks. And, and as Paul said, we do appreciate you listeners. You know, I, I appreciate you, Paul, very much. I appreciate the listeners. I appreciate everyone that makes this possible. I mean, that, that's definitely you for listening. And, and it's also, as we've talked about, share this with your friends, share this with your family, share this with people that you think will be helped by these conversations. You know, whether it's parents of kids, whether it's coaches, whether it's, like I said, PE teachers, I don't know. There's lots of people who can benefit from this, you know, leaders of organizations who have teams under them. These are principles that apply everywhere. And so, you know, with all that, we will have all the different links to Warrior Way, to Coaching the Bigger Game, to Providence, all these different things where you can, you know, partner with Warrior Way. You can, you know, both both of us rely on donors and people giving. And if you want to be a part of that and you want to take the opportunity to give, you can do that at, at Providence World website, at the Warrior Way website, and we'll have those links on our show notes. And so go do that if that's something that you feel led to do. It also helps, you know, keep this podcast going, right? We, you know, we can't do this without, without, you know, your support in that way too. So we don't ask that very much, but that is there. And I know it's year end. So if you're looking to give, you can do that here. You can also do it after the year if you listen to it then, but uh, we appreciate you. We thank you. And we hope that you're taking everything you're learning from the show and you're using it to be a better spouse, a better parent, a better friend, a better leader in all that you do. And you continually remind yourself that soccer does explain life and leadership. Thanks a lot. Have a great week.